The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya and Jerry it seemed like no matter where I turned, whatever podcast, whatever YouTube show, everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. And they're coming around to the way we always felt, which was that the pivot's coming. And everybody's talking about rates coming down. Everybody. It's like it's completely understood now that rates are coming down at some point in the, at some point in the next five, six months. Are you noticing that too? Oh, we noticed it. It's actually published on the Fed, the FedWatch tool. You can go to CME.the website and view their tool that gives us an idea of when they're expected to cut. So cuts can be anticipated anywhere from January next year yeah. uh, into March. So they see cuts happening for the first, in the first uh, three months for the first quarter of 2024. Because people are citing, you know, Paul Gambles of MGM Group, he says the Fed is behind the curve when it comes to cutting rates. And traders are now cutting a pricing in a 25 basis point cut as early as March. And veteran investor David Roche says almost certain that the Fed is done raising rates and inflation will not not go down to 2% anymore. So these are coming for this is coming from you know, professionals. And this is coming from NBC. Yeah. So the consensus or, is rate cuts are coming. Yeah, Normieville. <laughs> Even Normieville is talking about rates coming down. Um, real estate agents everywhere, you know, are are down on their knees praying. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone is. I everyone. mean, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I was wa- listening to a podcast with David Rosenberg, and is it Rosenberg or Rosenblum? Can't remember. Don't remember. Um, Drawing a blank. Okay. Anyway, he he just basically is like, hey, look, when they r- drop rates, recession's coming, and um, there's no soft landing here. The recession is coming. This is just all part and parcel of the um, the boom and bust cycle, and to them, it's all normal. Um, but the debts are out of control, and I think that you have two two ways of looking at this. You have people like Rafi Farber who are saying, you know, this is going to result in lowering interest rates. They're going to then print more, more money. It's the end game um, and new, new financial system coming. Others who also believe a new financial system is coming are looking at the data that came before and they're saying, look, this is what happens. They have a rate 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 hiking cycle followed by a lowering cycle. And this is this is the way of the world. I don't believe it's the way of the world, uh, although I'm not quite sure I'm in the Rafi Farber camp that they're going to print to infinity. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think the credit cycle is around the corner that they do have to stimulate the, stimulate the market. Uh, the Fed's liquidity withdrawal happening and the signals are, are signaling trouble for the markets. The, the Federal Reserve reverse repo facility, um, it's, which is crucial in supporting liquidity and the stocks, is declining uh, and it's nearing zero, which signals a tough time and tough conditions ahead. This cr- decrease uh, could also lead to less support uh, for the stocks 
potential funding challenges going forward. This echoes the issues of 2019. They tried to avoid it. They got through it because of all the stimulus that was printed in 2020. It really covered that over or just pivoted and told us to look elsewhere. And we did for a while. A couple of years passed. It's 2024 now, almost 2024. And the reverse repo uh, issue um, and the signals of, of this facility declining is, is rearing its ugly head. Liquidity is being drained around the world. We're seeing what's going on in, in places like Japan. They're, they're right now facing a disastrous $20 trillion carry trade. And remember, we're talking about currencies. Currencies is the fabric of all of the things we're talking about, money, currency, and the way things move in liquidity. Japan is a very important, uh, obviously, trading partner, but the cross of the USD uh, yen, it's the most liquid. It's supposed to be the most liquid and supposed to be the one that we trade into. Uh, it's disastrous. Um, a lot of speculation that the, the Bank of Japan will now tighten interest rates. This was the zombie. This was the zombie central bank. Continue to print until oblivion, and now they're facing. Do we either? They're trapped in a precarious situation, says uh, Deutsche Bank's chief FX strategist uh, George Cervelos. They're trapped. They're, it's a choice between hyperinflation with a currency collapse or a market crash leading to social unrest. So just like the Federal Reserve, every single central bank, including the Bank of Japan, is doomed. I guess, you know, there's an end limit to once you start printing money like crazy and just putting it on the books, the interest rates kind of don't really matter at one point because you've, 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 uh, <laughs> you've printed into oblivion. And I think part of that is looking for measurements that tell you this is happening. And precious metals have always been the canary in the coal mine, which is why it's so important on behalf of, of those entities to try to repress the price because they don't want that dial and you know that measuring tool to tell you that there's a major, major problem. Now, last week, moving into Friday and, and then Sunday evening, we saw a spike up in the metals and a lot of people would say, well, it's they're basically foreshadowing what's happening. The markets are smart. They see that the rate cuts are coming. Gold and silver are going to move up as a result, and they're moving up now in that sense. But then we had containment, and I would characterize it as containment because we've had pullbacks in the market. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. We broke $2,000 an ounce on gold. We're going to be backfilling that over the next several months or whatnot without any other spikes up in the market. That's it. Psychologically, we broke six, we broke $2,000 an ounce. As gold continues to move higher, I think it's going to drag silver up with it. And once it drags silver above $30 an ounce, it's going to be off to the races for silver as well. That's my thought. What do you think, Jerry? With regards to the all-time high that gold posted last Sunday, it was it definitely woke up the guys at the comics. This was obviously 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the evening Sunday night when China opened up. China was blasting into the market really, really big. And the guys at the comics had to get up, and they just dumped contracts onto the market. This contract issue will fail because the metals are moving from the west, where we get their price currently, and it's heading eastward. And just like what there was a seismic shift that happened last week, and this coincides with our market in precious metals because 
the petrodollar endgame is moving even closer. The United Arab Emirates decided to ditch the U.S. dollar for good, and the Saudis will be next. Now, key nations being Saudi Arabia and, and the UAE trade oil in currencies right now other than the U.S. dollars, and that's the end for the petrodollar. And this is influenced by the BRICS bloc, which recently adding uh, U the UAE along with Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, and Argentina. These nations are now pricing real resources in other currencies. So the currency situation in the U.S. is not going. It's it's not getting better. You can't you can't raise your rates high enough. You can't drop them fast enough. And when they begin to drop the rates to try to you know stimulate the market and again in in, pressure, in 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 the stock market, it's going to be too late. You know, rate cuts always always usher in the recession so we're just right now at this precipice of let's see what the fed does you know let's dissect what they say and do what they do because they're acquiring precious metals central banks are acquiring precious metals and all we have to do is replicate and do the same thing follow the smart money and the smart money is long-term money it's generational wealth and they're acquiring precious metals and real assets so you know let's dissect and filter through the noise Watch the gold market. The 2000, the 1985 is a support, but when silver breaks above 26 and 30, as you mentioned, off to the races we go. Yeah, and if you want to get involved in the physical precious metal market, the number is 18778 silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. You can buy it direct. You can go to our e store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com and pick up a few tubes of silver maples, maybe some 10 ounce bars. Always start small, get your feet wet. Comfort breeds confidence. You can also acquire physical precious metals within a registered account. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment, Jerry, because there's a lot of confusion around the around the phrase, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So let's talk about that in the next segment. 18778Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number 18778Silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. I think, Jerry, it's easy for us to keep our eye on the prize because when you're looking at central banks and you hear all the noise as you were discussing about interest rates, yada, yada, we always keep in, in the back of our minds that this is all just fake money. This is all just doesn't have any value. You mentioned the petrodollar. And if you look at the history of the petrodollar, what it is, which... Uh, Henry Kissinger was a big part of creating that, was after they got rid of the gold standard, they needed something to keep credibility for the US dollar. And so what they did is they said, well, you're going to use our dollar for global trade, specifically for oil, and in return, we'll give you protection. And that helped guarantee and continue to have the US dollar as the world's reserve currency. So it would be placed in everybody's accounts, in all these currency, in all these countries' accounts, and they would have to buy oil in that dollar. That is that is going away, and with it, the cons that one block, that one keystone, 
to maintaining credibility in the U.S. dollar is going away with it. Now, this is a long-term thing. I notice that a lot of people are always looking for a lottery thing, right? They're always looking for the big breakout, the big thing to happen that's going to just absolutely change everything. You know, you wake up one day and read in your horoscope. It says, today's the day, my friend. <laughs> it's all going to happen to you today. Things move in a larger kind of way. They take a little bit more time. You know, gold has moved up dramatically over the last decade and a half without the spikes, right? Being up 470% over a 20-year period, what spike do you need, right? So we don't always have to look for the big one. So this process of moving away from the petrodollar is a slow process, but it's a significant process because what it's doing is it's taking away that keystone and linchpin mm -hmm. of what replaced the backing of the U.S. dollar. It was then backed by military. Military, yeah. Now the BRICS nations are saying, nope, we want consensus. We're going to build consensus. And how are we going to back everything up? And all of those countries are all, as you said in the last segment, buying physical gold for their central banks. Some are buying physical silver mm -hmm. for their central banks. So this is a huge shift, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Because with regards to the activity in gold and silver, why wouldn't, why wouldn't the East want that participation? Why wouldn't they want the control of the price? They do all the work. It's noted that 60% plus of all gold and silver activity is done in the former Soviet Union. This is mining. This is melting, minting, vaulting, trading. And where we get our prices right now, the COMEX and the LBMA, the London, they do no, no such activity. They have gold in the vaults, but it's it, depleting. depleting reserves. And it's the arbitrage that is going on. This is the slow roll. You mentioned that it's, it's going to take time, but it is a seismic shift away from the petrodollar and away from the way gold and silver are priced. These are two of the most important elements, if not in the world. Um, and the demand going into for silver, it's, it's crucial. So this is a seismic shift and we have to shift with it, follow the yellow brick road towards this gold standard that we will see a financial reset. And this is probably the most exciting time to be in precious metals, looking towards precious metals and doing it the right way. Guildhall, we do not offer things like gold and silver proxies, certificates, ETFs. This is not gold ownership. True gold ownership is unencumbered and without counterparty risk. So if you're looking at buying and holding physical gold and silver the right way, you got to talk to us. You got to find out what is it about Guildhall? How do I get it in my portfolio? How easy is it to sell when I need to liquidate and get it in my hands? So this is the right way to do it and give us a call and we'll show you the right, show you the ropes. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. You know, Jerry, a lot of our clients are well educated in the market. They're checking out different uh, videos and podcasts. And what you'll often hear is the phrase, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And I think and that can sometimes confuse people in a way because they get a sense, especially from a lot of these videos, that if you, if you don't have it in your basement, you don't own it, 
right? If you cannot hold it in your hand at all given times, you don't own it. And I want to discuss that a little bit because I think it needs a little more nuance. When we're talking about if you can't hold it, you don't own it, what we're talking about is the litmus test for ownership. So you just mentioned it. If I, if I have an ETF, can I go and visit the physical product? No, you don't own anything. If you have a gold-backed fund in your portfolio, can you go and visit the product even if the fund lists all the serial numbers? No, because you don't own anything in there. What about a pool account? Can I go and visit the product and hold any of that physical gold or silver in my hand? No, because you don't actually have any of it allocated to you. So you don't own anything if it's not allocated to you. I mean, you can have, you can have ownership. You can have one-to-one -one ownership. But the idea is if you're lacking allocation, you can't physically go and hold anything in your hand. And if you can't do that, then what you have is a very clear, clear um, line of ownership. So that's why for us, when it comes to a depository account or your register, registered account, you have to have it fully allocated so that you can go and personally audit the holdings. If you can go there and personally audit and hold it in your hand, then you have ownership. Mm -hmm. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That's the litmus test. That is the litmus test. And to know that you have, yes, you have serial numbers, but they're allocated and titled to the owner. It's very similar to a vehicle. The, a vehicle, a car has a VIN number on it. You have ownership. This is what we offer. This is what you're getting when you when you have a private depository storage account with Guildhall. You have direct ownership, and the the, the off ramp, you know, getting it out. It's it's that it's that. Can I can I access it if if push comes to shove and I need to take it? And this that goes for the RSPs. And if you have a one to one in some other type of vehicle, it's going to be very difficult to take delivery of the product. You need to own those pro those bars under your name. You have to own specific bars. So that you can request bar number one, two, three, four, five. Yes, you can get that in your hand, and you can get that rather quickly. And and if it's an RSP, we have to treat it just like any other RSP. I have to pay withholding taxes. You have to pay withholding taxes. But if we can absorb, if we can absorb the thirty percent withholding tax, for example, the precious metals will exceed that thirty percent. So you're you know you're you're going to make that back up eventually, or. Um, or or pay it earlier on. So we have clients well, that want to do do a little bit of both. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I I noticed that every every year, December and January, we have a lot of clients that take advantage of. They have to take out their RIF or LIF withdraws, and they take advantage of an in kind delivery. They can actually take delivery of that physical product. So it's it's key. Now it's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's a lot of work. And we do it. We do it happily because it's such a great feature of this type of, of this type of vehicle. Now, to your point, Jerry, you know, if someone wants to pay withholding tax, they absolutely can and they can still take that withhold, they can still take that, that withdraw, that in-kind withdraw. But here's the thing, you know, you put your money into an RSP to defer the taxes. Pay the least amount of taxes as possible and keep it out of the hands of a government that is spending frivolously with your money, mm -hmm. right? How do, you how do you create accountability? Give them less. Keep as much as you can possibly, right? Very also, true. 
the more you're putting into a, an RSP, the more you're staking yourself. You're giving yourself a chance to make a lot of money. What I find one of the biggest, for me personally, misconceptions out there is people, and we don't have a lot of people take early withdrawals and pay that 30%, but there's a lot of people who are concerned that they would rather pay less now. Mm -hmm. They're so confident about the market that they don't want to pay a whole bunch of taxes later. Mm -hmm. Nobody starts a business by saying, I don't want to pay insurance. I don't want to pay health benefits. I don't want to pay income taxes to the government because I have a successful business. I don't want to have to take care of 20 employees. No one would start a business. You mm -hmm. do it because you're going to make so much money. You hope that you make so much money that you don't care about all those costs of doing business. Think bigger is what I'm saying. Think bigger. Mm -hmm. Now, gold and silver over the long term. Now, I know that's tough because a lot of people think short term. Short term, long term for most people is five years, Jerry. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's a high school education. But if you can think long term about what is happening in the gold and silver market up until this time, they're up either close to 400% or over 450% for both metals. They have not only overcome inflation in a portfolio, they have kept up with inflation, beat it. They beat the 30% if you wanted to withdraw it early. They've paid the taxes if you have a RIF account to sell it. So the more you can think about gold and silver long term as an asset to hold in your portfolio, the more you kind of stray away from the concept of investing. Very true. We're not, in, we're not advisors. I don't want to be an advisor. I'm just looking at an asset that has continued to outperform inflation and in a registered account will outperform the income tax you might have to eventually pay and outperform that and withholding tax if you wanted to do it. And that's what the beauty of holding a real asset in your hand that's finite in nature, that has an innate use. Silver has so many uses, everyday uses. We'll, we should get into those uses in the next segment. Gold as well, it's immutable. It doesn't disappear, it doesn't corrode, it doesn't erode. It's divisible it's you can form it into anything there's been civilizations that have come and left and still we're pulling out their physical gold out of the ground i mean that is trust mm -hmm. you know we're talking thousands of years of yeah. trust so if you can hold it for 20 30 years <laughs> in a portfolio it's going to do a great job for you give us a call we're happy to talk about it we love talking about this and show you the strategies of how you can be successful with physical metals in a portfolio the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com more to come on the real money show on 640 toronto you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment welcome back to the real money show the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com jerry we've talked a little bit about the idea of if you can't hold it you don't own it it's a litmus test it's it's the ability to know that you actually own something versus you have counterparty risk. And we also talked about the interest rates going down. And again, the bandwagon, which I find so interesting that everyone was so quick to that. Now, 
looking back, we did say that the that there would eventually be a pivot. But I think everyone in our community was was ahead of it. We thought it would happen probably this this March or May versus what we're now looking at as as 2024. And so as we're moving into the end of the year, I feel like 2023, even though we're up on the year for both medals, I believe we'll close up on the year for both medals. I feel that it's um, a repeat of what we saw in 2022 of transitory inflation, a year where the Fed got everybody at it and got everybody believing a certain narrative. Perhaps what we didn't think about in late 2022 was the lag effect of these interest rates, that it would take six, seven months, eight months for it to work its way through the system and what a disaster Hmm. raising them in the first place was. It really is a self-inflicted wound. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to, to, to view the, just the interest rates, the interest rates happen because the U.S. Federal Reserve and even the Bank of Canada and every central bank around the world unleashed a whopping amount of, of currency sloshing around the markets. Canada, four times the size of our GDP we printed in 2020. No wonder we're seeing prices go through the roof. No, no wonder why people cannot afford to keep up with the cost of living today. And if you look at the, the, the US, the US had you know, trillions in debt that took uh, you know, hundreds of years to make, and they literally almost doubled that within three months. So you just unleashed inflation, and to get to work, they, had to, you know, they have to show that they're doing something. Their job is to keep employment up and inflation down. So they have to use the one tool that they have and raise the interest rates. Uh, well, well, listen to this. The, that, that interview I was telling you about with David Rosenberg, yeah. he was mentioning in this interview that they use housing as part of the inflation target. So when they raise interest rates, you're continuing to raise inflation because people are having to pay more for their, for their houses, their properties, and so it looks to the government like there's still more inflation to fight. He said he was saying that if you took that one metric out, they would be at two percent right now. Now I don't believe that because of the because I see be inflation in food and and elsewhere, but obviously that's going to have a major impact on on their targets. <laughs> it's wild, and not, and not just that. Like today, we were anticipating what came out with the U.S. job numbers that came out, and it was already anticipated that the the labor market was going to grow because you had some workers going back to work after strikes. You got the auto workers coming back, and you had the the actors returning after their strikes. But the consensus is the underlying trend will continue to weaken and deteriorate in the jobs market. But because this job number came out better than anticipated, they're suggesting that is hot. That's heat. That's it's overheating the market, Jeremy. That's included as in inflation. And so therefore, we could potentially have to, you know, let's reduce the expectations of cuts. So that's what we're seeing the price oh, that's action just hot today. Air. It's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of bogus hot air, but it works to their narrative is what you were talking about earlier. It helps their narrative and prolong their narrative. It helps to strengthen whatever narrative they have. It's it's really just desperation and they're trying to, you know, sweep sweep the mess under the rug, but it, you can't you can't do it. No, and it, this comes down to what what the problem is with manipulating. You can manipulate the 
the narrative, you can manipulate the money supply, you can manipulate it all, but you can't stop the truth. And let's look at, and what we're talking about there is, let's just look at, for example, silver industrial uses. You can't hide it. There's, maybe there's 2 billion ounces of silver above ground, maybe. The amount of silver that's going to go into, um, into solar panels is absolutely phenomenal. You can't even, there's not enough. Even if they wanted to go green, there's not enough to satisfy the demand for that. Even if they made it more efficient, there's still not enough. So that's not going to happen. And it, that means that either green going green was just purely ideo ideological or they never had a plan. And th now we're not even talking about batteries. We're not even talking about usages in everyday digital items, right? Anything that's digital, anything that's electronic has silver in it. So where is it coming from? It's a, there's a deficit right now mm -hmm. of what's coming out of the ground and what's available. And again, medical usages, bandages, it absorbs bacteria. So you start to think about all of those incredible usages like, you know, a toothbrush that doesn't go bad because it's absorbing bacteria or that. your or your athletic clothes that don't smell because silver weaved into it absorbs bacteria. So or what about all this housing that they're going to need? Well, they're going to put silver into the into the into the mirrors, into this into the glass, right? It's it's used in transition lenses. What about all these computers? What about new cell phones? What about all these smart watches? There's silver in it all. What about new batteries for EV vehicles? Toyota's coming out with one that's incredible. That's it, right? I was just looking at that. So, even if as they improve things, the more they improve technology, the more they use silver. So at some point, you are going to hit a wall. The question is, is why manipulate it to the downside knowing you're going to hit a wall? Unless enough people don't know about it that when it does get reset much, much higher, they just, they're left out in the cold. Again, it kind of goes to the golden rule. He who owns the gold makes the rules. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, they do not want you to own it. They do not want you to be looking at it because let's be honest, most people buy at higher prices. We will sell way more silver at $50 than we ever sold at 25. Mm -hmm. And that, that is it. That is usually the case psychologically. And looking at gold and silver prices over the last week, you know, gold hit an all-time high over 21, 2140 US per ounce. But if you look at the silver to gold ratio, last Sunday, we were around 80 to one. Silver would be undervalued at that point. If you look at silver today, the silver to gold ratio is 86 to one. So the screaming buy, the buy for silver is on, the surge for silver is on, the demand for silver is on, says even the Silver Institute, even the military, they're, they're, they've grown silver scarce. Even Toyota has revealed that they, they're scarce in silver. They're moving towards fuel cell. Um, and this technology is just going to grow because the battery power lasts longer. It's that simple. So you're going to have to embrace the technology. And the more we advance technologically, the more silver you will need. And to see silver which is half of its all-time high, this is an opportunity. This is a huge opportunity in silver, and you need to get yourself, get some ounces. Get started with a tube of maples. Get a silver combo. Christmas is coming up. It's around the corner. This is the perfect gift, something that will actually be a gift and will keep giving because you're, you're now teaching someone what money is. And what money is, it's divisible. It's portable, durable, recognizable, and scarce. Those are five attributes of money. And whatever you have in your bank account, if it's not scarce, it's simply not money. You need to give us a call. We are The Real Money Show, the original. 
guildhallwealth.com, one eight seven seven eight silver We look forward to hearing from you. And keep listening to AM640 Toronto, The Real Money Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, just my opinion, I can't believe anyone wouldn't want to hold some physical gold in their in their portfolio. I mean, if you just look at the reason to hold it, which is it is negatively correlated to the currency. The currency is not going up ever. They can only deficit spend. They can only print more of it. It has a finite lifespan because it will lose its purchasing power over and over and over again. What do you think inflation is? It's not a magical mystery. It's the fact that they keep printing this currency into oblivion. And so it's so obvious that you need to counter the central banks and their inability to stop themselves. They can't help themselves. They're always going to take the easy route until it becomes very, very painful for the rest of us, which is what we're experiencing. It is such a no-brainer to hold physical precious metals. And I'm so passionate about that because I've seen it work. And I'm not saying, and I know you would agree with me, Jerry, this isn't about a panacea. This isn't, you only need to hold physical precious metals. It's just that by having some of it in your portfolio, you're hedging the one major issue that is the crux of everyone's problems. It's this big phenomenon. <laughs> Which how is, did it happen? How did it happen? The government printed money and they decided did, to tax the hell out see, of you. Did you see the Atlantic's article recently, last no. week? <laughs> the headline reads, inflation is your fault. Yes. If people are so mad about that. high prices, why do they keep buying so many expensive things? That's the cause of, that's the cause of this inflation. You just keep buying more expensive things. How ridiculous. The Bank of Canada said it was our fault. Well, that's just... And it was in your mind, actually. The Bank of Canada said, actually, the inflation... Jerry, it's in your mind. That's deflection, Uh, though. That's, that's, you know, if you're talking about the Overton goalposts or the Overton window, this is what they want you to think. The question is, how many people believe the government on that, right? Look Look at their other health policies all fall apart. How many people believe the government on all of those things, right? These stories fall apart eventually because you cannot hide the truth forever that's right it's going to come out and it's bursting everywhere and so what we saw on sunday night where the market burst higher you're going to see more of that and what we believe is going to happen down the road is that whatever amount of precious metals you're probably looking to acquire today you will probably sell off two-thirds or three-quarters and hold the same value today in your portfolio, but it will be three times less because you're going to have spent all the profits on other things, a house, a stock portfolio, retirement, maybe that boat that you want, that you've always wanted. They say that the the best day of of someone who owns a boat was when they bought it Mm -hmm. and when they sold it. But I I don't know because I don't, I don't own one, but there's so much that can be done with the wealth transfer that's coming and that you look for assets that are undervalued. And when you see silver's all-in purchasing cost just under $20 an ounce, 
you say to yourself, that's an asymmetric trade. That's <laughs> I'm looking for something with a low risk downside. And what, it, what could the multiples be to the upside, Jerry? I mean, Greg Weldon sees a breakout for bullion. He says the time to own gold is right now, including silver. Gold prices have fluctuated due to a changing dollar, he says, and recent extreme volatility underscoring the safe haven asset amid geopolitical events. And he's suggesting that with low, in, low current investment in gold, that's 60-40 traditional portfolio, which is stocks and then bonds and some cash, it's not working. And as soon as the traditional portfolio managers include the gold, you'll have the participation. You will see the breakout, rising inflation, meaning this is an opportune time to hold gold and silver. And he predicts a significant rise in the gold prices. Watch the 2100 threshold. And in my opinion, once that 2140 threshold against, we see that resistance hit, we're going to be off to the races. If you look at the 20-year cup and handle, that is the resistance. And when we break up, it's literally a hockey stick up. And we'll enjoy the ride. And we'll watch the silver to gold ratio because you'll then need a tool to give you an idea of where to offload some of the silver into gold, pivot out of silver into real estate, pivot out of silver. Reuse these ratios. And you don't have to be an expert. You know, you give us, give us a call. We, we talk, we consult, and we... We find out what is your threshold, what's your time, what's your tenure of hold? Is this a long term? Is this a short term? Maybe if it's a short term, you're getting into gold, you're getting into bigger gold bars. So we'll talk the strategies, but where the silver market is going, Jeremy, I love gold, but I love silver even even more. Silver is scarce, and you know the mil when the military needs it, I need it more because when they need it, and we know the market's scarce. That we're going to see triple-digit silver. I even saw quadruple numbers in silver. So I do see this happening. And the crack-up boom happens in the stock market. The money flows out of risky assets and into a finite market like silver. We're going to explode much, much higher. Yeah, I truly believe we'll see market, the silver market trading in the hundreds. I think it could go into the thousands. I think ultimately, look, we need to get to f just 50 even. That's going to that's gonna be amazing. But that's going to be the start of a whole new market and a whole new perception of what physical silver actually is in our society and how we use it and what it means for money. You know, one of the things that I've heard um, against, let's say, a gold standard is that it means that you could have hoarding on the part of the wealthy. Well, that's why they started with the bimetallic standard in the United States. It was that, well, if one gets too expensive, everyone can move to the other. And that's the whole point, is that you at least have two oscillating currencies that give, give the chance to everybody to own something and protect themselves and keep their value sound. Mm -hmm. So they were very smart when they, they thought about the bimetallic standard. And so I know today everyone's thinking about different forms of money, but gold and silver are real money because they're an actual asset that has an innate value to it, that's had an innate value for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. They're on the table of elements, right? It's Yes, it's a commodity, but unlike other commodities, they don't erode and corrode and disappear. <laughs> that's why they're such a great store of value and because there's so many other use cases for them, not just as a form of money. So... Again, we're not talking about having everything in the portfolio, but in terms of looking at something that is currently undervalued, where it could go up 10 times, mm -hmm. I don't think you could look at anything other than silver right now. La last few points, sir. I mean, this is it. We have to look at the uh, record. And if you look at the precious metal space, we have a millennial record as a store of value and it's the most wildly 
widely recognized and universally accepted valuable in the world. It's the only tangible non-financial asset that's always liquid, very easy to own, and with, without ever involving the financial system. So if you are like me and you see the risks of the financial system, the pension plans, I mean, Alberta wants out of the pension plans, guys. What are they talking about? We have to do the same thing. So give us a call. Watch our YouTube page because we're coming out with new content all the time. And, uh, you know, we look forward to meeting you and talking to you about uh, what means most about you and your, your wealth and your portfolio, intangible hard assets. Yeah, and look, our success is success for other people around us. It's not just a, it's not a selfish quest. It's if we're successful then we can help other people around us be successful. So we're looking at ways that we can do that where we're not following the herd. And that's why it's so important to look for things that are of great value and that can stand the test of time. That's what precious metals do. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thanks for joining. It was a great conversation this week. I enjoyed it. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us. And we look forward to speaking with you next week here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.